Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. Hello, I'm Tony Clement. (laughs) That was a very scripted uh, uh, greeting there, Tony. Thank you. I'm trying new greetings just to, (laughs) you know, mix it up a little bit. Hello, I'm Tony Clement. Um, Hello, (laughs) <laughs> we have uh, a fun show. It's a banter episode where you and I are going to go, I guess, kind of like a shotgun approach, bang, 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 on all these topics and see how many we can cram in here and give our hot takes. But uh, there are certainly a lot of topics to go around, and I know you've been feverishly working on some real controversial ones. So I'm excited to get <laughs> to that. But uh, first, we're going to thank our sponsors, and then we have an exciting partnership to announce. I've been pumped about telling people about this, but uh, Municipal Solutions, obviously we couldn't do this show without John and the team there. They are our presenting sponsors. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And Tony, I know you have some more info to share on them. Yes, I do. I do, Jody, because we really value Municipal Solutions and their continued sponsorship. Absolutely. They've really been a great friend of the podcast. And Municipal Solutions is known for development services and project management. They specialize in development approvals, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. If you've got a minor variance that you need or a land severance, they're excellent for that. And they are excellent for building permits. Go to Municipal Solutions. .ca and John and the gang will help you out. And then we have our continued sponsor, Polytrack. Polytrack offers government relations professionals a secure hub to store their advocacy data. That includes stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, and key messages. It means that your advocacy data is at your fingertips, which means you spend less time on compliance and reporting, which means you have more time to grow your business. It's it's a perfect win-win. So visit polytrack with a Q.com. If you mention and another thing podcast, when you sign up, you receive their white glove onboard boarding service free, 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 including tutorial and Q&A for your team. So all you GR pros out there, check out polytrack.com. And then we are welcoming a new advertiser, a new sponsor. This is Magnify, the Magnify video widget. What this means is crisp, clear, secure video collaboration your way. You can embed and customize the Magnify video widget on your own website in minutes or run it from your browser on the Magnify app. It is easy and secure. I encourage you to visit www.magnifywithani.io or visit Twitter at magnify underscore io. Well, there you go. Exciting to have a new sponsor on board. And you can find the links to all those sponsors on our website and another thing podcast.ca. Uh, we're excited to uh, to be a part of all that. Okay, so we have a fun new partnership that we've been working on for months now, Tony. And we are very honored to let our listeners know that we have teamed up with Looney politics, which I'm sure, Tony, you're very familiar with. I am. (laughs) I am. 
And Looney Politics, uh, for those that don't know, it's an independent news source that selects the must-read Canadian and international political stories and offers a diverse perspective of the Canadian political landscape all in one location. You can use the promo code PODCAST and save 50% on a yearly subscription. So that's going to save you $35. Well, what does the yearly subscription get me? It's a great question. It's going to get you access to premium content, which includes articles, videos, and podcasts, of which, and this is the kicker, Tony, we are going to have an exclusive podcast on Looney Politics that you can only listen to if you're a subscriber. Wow. So you, yeah. So if you're a fan of the show and, you know, we're, we're, we could tease what we're going to talk about on that show that we do for Looney Politics, but the only way that you're going to be able to listen to it is to be a subscriber. So I would suggest, if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to looneypolitics.com, click on subscribe, and use the code PODCAST and it'll save you 50% right off the get-go. So it's fun. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun with Robert and his team at Looney Politics, and I think it's going to be a good relationship moving forward. I'm really excited about it. I think it's a great platform. It's a news aggregator. Uh, goodness knows we need better news aggregators out there. And uh, so really at your fingertips or just with a couple of clicks, you get all of this amazing content, including our podcast and other podcasts as well. So I'm, I'm very excited to be part of their team. Yeah, there's tons of content on there. But again, use the code podcast when you subscribe, looneypolitics.com, and you'll be able to get all that access to fun stuff. So thanks to Robert and the team there. That's uh, we're excited about that. And we will, uh, we'll be talking more about that. Cause I guess we'll have to tease that exclusive podcast when we're closer to uh, launching it or whatever. There's going to be one a month on there. Just so you know, just so you know, you're, you're okay with that, Tony. I'm, I'm awesome with that. Why not more, more time with you, Jody. What, what could be better? <laughs> Actually speaking of more time, we get, I, we get golf booked. That's coming up. Yes, I'm. At, at, we're back into uh, outdoor activities in the province of Ontario. Golf was the only place in the world where you couldn't. Uh, sorry, Ontario was the only place in the world yeah. where you couldn't golf, and uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and uh, there is hope in the horizon. Uh, our vaccination rates continue to rise in Ontario and Canada, and uh, it does hold out the hope that we can unleash the shackles that have been part of the lockdown and we can uh, start to normalize our lives again. So I, for one, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I, I have a question on this, actually. Um, do you think, uh, do, do you think you'd be wearing a mask in some situations after the pandemic is over, Jody? Mm, no. Like, you mean like, like, give me an example. Like, well, you mean like, just I, in general? Like if I, if the pandemic's been declared over and I walk into a store, you mean? Yeah, like if you're feeling sickly, like I'm, I'm giving you the, the... Oh, if I'm feeling sick. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, but I've been conditioned now to not go out when I feel sick. Yeah, I think that there's. it's going to be interesting because obviously there are certain cultures, most particularly in Asia, where that has been the rule. Uh, it's been this is sort of the cultural rule for, for years that uh, if you're feeling a bit sick, if you're sneezing, sneezing and coughing, you, you put on a mask when you're going out out to uh, to to visit somebody or to do your business, um, but it hasn't been part of our society. And I, I'm I'm interested to to know whether that will be something that will be more prevalent uh, because we've gone through this experience. I, for one, 
don't like wearing masks. I'm looking forward to not wearing a mask. But, uh, you know, if I'm feeling like I could be contagious with something like the flu, which of yeah. course has gone down 99%, but uh, with more interaction, it might come back up again. Yeah. Um, I could see myself maybe doing that in some circumstances. Yeah, but don't, yeah, and that makes sense. But do you not see, like, even from a, an employer perspective, do you not see that people are likely going to be staying home more if they're not feeling well versus Johnny walks in with a mask on his face today? So obviously there's something going yeah. on there. But Yeah, it could be. could be that uh, we take uh, our sick days more seriously and uh, employers give out more sick days and employees take more sick days rather than try to work their way through it. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, no, it'll be, you know, you raise a good point. One thing for certain though is hopefully people will stop wearing masks outside when the pandemic's over. Not that I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are very concerned and I don't, I don't um, knock them for that, but it is, sometimes I see people wearing masks outside and I just have no clue. Okay. I I got it. I got to say this though. The, The ones that kill me are the ones who are wearing masks while driving their car and there's no by them, in the car. By themselves, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I that does happen a lot. Now, having said that, I, I have no idea what their situation is. They could be, like, I mean, obviously mental health is a huge thing. It's been yeah. amplified even more during this. Um, they could be struggling. And we know there are, you know, obsessive, compulsive uh, tendencies with individuals. And, yeah, um, fair point. So, yeah, so I, I don't know. But at the same time, I sit there and I go, man, I feel for some of these people because if it is fear that they're operating out of or anxiety, like it's, it's, I, I feel sad for them because it's not, it's not good. I mean, it's I've, been I mean, obviously a t- really tough. Yeah, for a yeah, lot for sure. So, but I, I can't wait. Like I go to, we go to the parks here and I, I hardly see any families. Now, this isn't urban Toronto. Obviously, we're in eastern Ontario, but, um, we hardly see any families wearing masks and I kind of like that. I I mean, it's actually interesting. I bet you in the GTA or urban centers, it's like the families that don't wear masks maybe stick out more than those that do. And here it's the opposite. If you're wearing a mask at a park, it's kind of like, Oh, not, and again, I'm not judging or anything. I'm not saying that. It just, it's just, you wouldn't see a lot of families wearing masks at parks around here. So no, and I saw that in my, uh, in the metropolis of Port Sydney, where I live, which is uh, home to 800 families. There was a, uh, there's five or six people. Uh, it's a long weekend. So we have visitors who there are five or six people congregating outside a, at a restaurant, maybe w- waiting to pick up and uh, they were all wearing masks. And I was, I just thought that was so weird, but uh, you know what? Look, no judgment on my part. Uh, uh, people do what you have to do to be safe and healthy. I have one. Um, I, I, I want to get to golf because there's a couple of really good golf stories, but I, I do want to ask you whether you've noticed one of the thing that's related, I believe to the pandemic, which is the Pentagon has confirmed that they believe in unidentified flying objects. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's not a story. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, it should, that should be front page, you know, alien aliens exist and have been visiting us, but we're all wrapped up in the pandemic and whatever else. Have you noticed that, that that's not a major story right now? Yeah, I did think it was kind of odd. I kind of, I saw it show up in a Twitter feed or uh, like trending or whatever and i looked at it and i was like geez that's uh kind of flew under the radar uh no pun intended as you (laughs) do no pun intended maybe intended and um i looked at the articles and i thought wow that's uh 
That is interesting. That's not getting more attention. You know, and you know what's funny, Tony, is I don't know if it's just because I've had more time on my hands lately, and the three my three children are you know they're seven, four, and two. So the two of four and seven year old ask a lot of questions about the universe and space and all this stuff. And and I've you know I've been thinking lately about how how it, it is kind of crazy to think that we are the only living individual you know what i mean like yeah. on yeah. in the if the universe is as huge as the science tells us which i have no doubt it is to think that we're the only planet that could be having in like living breathing individuals i i think is kind of silly i actually you know, i so when i see this ufo thing it's like yeah that makes sense to me because how would we know <laughs> Well, and there's something like a hundred billion galaxies in there. Yeah, so that's kind of, and our galaxy is a big galaxy. There's uh, hundreds of millions of stars, and they've found other planets. They know that the planets exist, and uh, some of them uh, look like they could be similar to our planet in terms of where they're situated from their star. So yeah, and and, uh, some of the um, some of the testimony of these of these fighter pilots who have been documenting these UFOs, like one of them did a vertical 8,000 feet in like a second. <laughs> and uh, there others have been documented at, as going several times the speed of sound. So like massive distance in a short period of time or massive velocity. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the chances, the Pentagon's conclusion is, look, this is not the Russians or the Chinese. Like there's no way any other country on Earth has this kind of technology so that's when they surmise that it comes from somewhere else so it kind of makes sense to me yeah and tony just to make your head explode even more is it possible like what if we're the aliens what if like what if like they're these <laughs> these uh these uh organisms or whatever the hell i don't know i don't know what they call i hate calling them aliens but uh if there's other good. uh other life forms there that's a good word other life forms coming and checking out our planet and they're like uh, doing podcasts like us going and you wouldn't believe how long it took them to get out of a pandemic the the stupidest people i've ever seen i know (laughs) we 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 visited them in ancient egypt and we thought they were on a good track but really they haven't made a lot of progress well it's you know what it's it's true i think it's kind of like um i don't know i think it's kind of silly to think that we might be the only life forms out there but who knows i i don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it although like i said i have spent a lot of time thinking about it in the last year for some reason well i like the sci-fi so you get to see a lot of uh, hollywood aliens so i'm uh, i'm i'm prepped and ready so we'll uh, we'll see although it is going to be disconcerting if if this is further (laughs) documented because they clearly have much more advanced technology than Yeah, they I know that's they what I mean. They're probably like a bug. Yeah, they're not in a hurry to do anything with us because they know it's not going to be that difficult. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I want we have two good golf stories, and I'd love to get your your feedback. One is this golf super league, and one is uh, the PGA, uh, which uh, just ended this this long weekend. So, which one do you want to tackle? Uh, let's start with super league. Yeah. What, tell tell people what we're talking about. <laughs> well, there's a, I, you might know, I know some, I mean, this isn't the first time this has come up, but in essence, there are a upstart group of individuals that have discussed 
creating a golf super league or another tournament or sorry, another, another organization that will run tournaments, I guess, in competition with uh, the PGA tour. Right. And when this was thrown out before, I believe it was individuals from Saudi Arabia or Dubai that were presenting this idea. And there was a lot of case. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I figured it was. Yeah. So they, in a nutshell, they're reaching out or trying to have these conversations with some of the biggest players in the game. Hey, come over and play in our events. But the tour commissioner, Jay Monahan has said very clearly to PGA professionals, look, if you go and play in those events, you're done with the PGA tour. Right. Right. So it doesn't sound like it's going to get very far, but personally, I mean, I, 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 unless I'm missing out on something with the actual details of it, I don't know why it would be such a huge problem for them to play in some of those events. Like, I don't know why you'd be blackballed from the PGA tour for that, but there must be other reasons. Yeah. I mean, the, what I had picked up was that I guess the, the total purse in the PGA for all uh, many hundreds of golf players in the PGA is something like 330 million US dollars. So this this rival organization has a, a billion dollars as part of their purse, and it would uh, be available to a maximum 40 players. And so basically what they're saying is like, and and the PGA, like if you're in the top rungs, like you get you get part of that purse, no question. But if yeah. you're if you're just making the cut, you're you're not making a lot of money. So what what the uh, this league off is offering is everybody's going to get paid out every tournament. And then if you win, then you'll get a massive payout. Like it could be in the millions and millions of dollars. So um, that's, I guess what they're enticing these, uh, these top 40 golf uh, players with. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the super, the European super league uh, in, in, football or soccer, whatever you want to call yep. it, which just, you know, just, just a few weeks ago was trying to get started with all of the, the top teams in uh, the, the British, uh, the English Premier League and the yep. French League and, and so on. And then they started to get to work and then it just crashed because the fans were just went ape on them, on them and the governments even got involved. Yep. In this case, I don't see that happening. Uh, but the reaction from the established leagues was exactly the same. You, you, uh, Manchester United or Paris Saint Germain. If you play in that league, you're you're going to be kicked out of our league. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how how the golf players react to that. Yeah, I mean, again, I I don't know why the tour would stop them from doing it. I guess my only thing would be the only thing I could see is that they don't want to be overshadowed, right? Or you know made to look like less than so i guess that's possible yeah and the television revenues yeah uh, you know it's a it's a it's an issue of money too but if you could if you could run events in that super league for you know parallel to what they're doing with the pga i mean why not yeah. and, or not sorry not parallel but like on off weeks or something sure but that yeah. i mean i guess the question would be for some of those big players is that in essence they could be playing every week and do they want to do that right they do want time off at certain yeah point. yeah yeah, yeah. So maybe they'll have to make a, a choice just because there's only so many high-powered tournaments you can be part of and be at the top of your game. Yeah. Any thoughts about uh, uh, the PGA uh, win by Phil? No, I didn't watch it. No, oh, you didn't? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, come on. <laughs> yeah, Phil, who? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was amazing. I honestly was I was locked to the TV for four days. Um, 
I was listening and, you know, when I was driving, I would put it on Sirius and, and listen to PGA Tour radio. And I thought it was amazing. The coverage wall to wall, like you started at eight o'clock in the morning. Every oh, It was amazing. I loved it. Um, Phil, hey, I had a, I picked him in my pool. Um, I love Phil Mickelson. Granted, I always, he's always a pick I make. So it's not like it's sure. it's not like I had a feeling. But he does. I always consider him to be someone that can win because he's he's just that good. So I, I thought it was an amazing story. I was blown away by the crowds at the end. Oh yeah, collapsing into the fairway and following. I thought that was just unreal. Loved it, it. man. Yeah, and yeah. I wish there was more of that in golf. To be honest, because I think it looks so cool. It just so makes it everything was kind of spontaneous and people yeah. lost their their shit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it, it used to be. I, I don't know if you saw this post, but I think it was PGA Tour or something to do with the PGA posted this, these old videos. And back in like the, like we're talking like Sam Snead days, early, maybe Nicholas days, Palmer. So like a long time ago, um, when the final putt was hold, there would be a mad rush from the fans to run and get that ball out of the hole. No way. And, really? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it took. And you'll, if you were listening closely yesterday, you would have heard Nick Faldo actually made a comment like that when the, the whole, field car the fans all collapsed onto the fairway and around the green faldo made the comment uh well, let's see if they run in to try and get the ball after it's hold and he was referencing that uh okay. that tradition that used to happen well that happens jody when you and i play too yeah oh yeah there's always there's always random people that are running out of the forest to get our ball yeah exactly. hey that's, that's tony's ball let's get that <laughs> i'll sign that for you kid exactly exactly <laughs> but no i thought it was amazing 50 years old. Yeah. Oldest, oldest uh player to ever win a major. Yeah. Uh fourth player to win events in four different decades, I believe. So, like, I mean, he's, good for him, man. He was an animal out there, actually. I and pumping the ball. Holy shit. Oh, smoke. yeah. No, he was uh he was focused, man. And it's uh it's nice to see. So, so um we've got, we've got I I've got a couple of music notes. I like to uh as you know, I on occasion listen you to you like music? Yeah. <laughs> So I uh, want to plug, do a couple of plugs. Uh, uh, first of all, the Tragically Hip uh, released uh, on the Friday of the of the long weekend, uh, a new album. Jody, I did see that. I did see that. Saskadelphia. Yeah. And basically outtakes from their recordings uh, when they were recording Road Apples in 1990. And they just had a spurt of productivity. And they... they, um, they uh, composed and recorded a bunch of songs and then they had to whittle down to create road apples so you've got this ep of six songs uh that they released on the friday of uh, canadian long weekend as only the hip would do and i was very excited to to uh, acquire it and i loved it and i would recommend it to uh, anyone who loves rock and roll and especially if you love the tragically hip it's a great strong album and apparently johnny fay who's the drummer of the hip has been working a couple of years to find they were lost the 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 uh, tapes were lost for these for for decades and he was able to uh, find a bunch of them and apparently he's still looking for other songs as well so hopefully there'll be more hip albums coming out there and uh, the remaining members of the tragic the hip will be at the junos that's the 50th anniversary of the juno music awards this year and they will be performing uh with uh leslie feist who will be doing the main vocals in replacement of the late great Gord Downey. So I'm looking forward to that on June the 6th. So I want to do a plug for that. I want to do a plug for the latest inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
the 2021 inductees were announced uh, just a few days ago, which include the Foo Fighters, uh, Tina Turner, Craftwork, uh, the Go-Go's, Todd Rundgren, Carol King, and uh, this early, early blues uh, guy named Charlie Patton, who uh, was basically the father of the Delta Blues. And I listened to a recording of his, Jody, uh, in anticipation of this. And uh, it was that there was a 1929 recording of this guy singing the blues. It was wow. just, it was unbelievable. And uh, so uh, kudos to all of those uh, deceased or with us who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And my final plug is I saw yet another um, trailer for Peter Jackson's documentary that's coming out called The Beatles Get Back. Uh, basically, he had access to 70-plus hours of tapes for the, the, uh, as the Beatles were recording their last album. And uh, part of, like, a couple of hours of that were released at the time as part of, uh, you know, the, the, that event in, in, I guess, 1970. And uh, whoever did that film in 1970 picked out all the moments when the Beatles were arguing with one another because the Beatles had just broken up before the album was released. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, okay, they're shitting on one another. They're not getting along. John Lennon hates Paul McCartney and uh, George Harrison has had enough. And so it was a very downer movie. Well, Jackson looked at all the tapes and he's, you know, he's obviously a big uh, a, a big director. He did all of the Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings films, etc. Anyway, he looked at all the tapes and said, wait a minute, these guys were actually getting along most of the time and they're happy and they're laughing and just to see uh, in this trailer uh, and uh, it's it's with the, the song Get Back as the background as you see these montage images of, of the Beatles. Billy Preston's in it too. He was the so this is a new trailer? Yeah, new trailer. Yeah. Okay, because that's the second one then. Yeah. And, okay. And, and just to see John Lennon happy, smiling, laughing. I, I, I don't know. It really moved me to see that. Is All it of- going to be on the Disney Channel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I can go watch the new trailer then. I, I, I hope I saw, I saw the new trailer on YouTube. Oh, okay. I'm sure, it's, uh, I'm sure it's available. So anyway, I'm, I, that's, I think it's got an August release date, and I'm really looking forward to that. So those are my music notes for our podcast. By the way, why don't they just, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's not all rock and roll. Like, why don't they just no. call it the Music Hall of Fame? Like, Kraftwerk is not rock and roll. No, I mean, they were the founders of Electronic. Uh, no, I know, but I, I mean, I always wonder that. Like, I think, like, there's, like, rap guys in. Uh, Jay-Z was also in. Yeah. Like, so I, it's, I just... it's basically the Pop Hall of Fame now. And, and look, it's, it's all a scam anyway. It was created by Jan... Wenner, who was the founding editor of the of Rolling Stone, okay, and uh, and then it was very very tightly knit, uh, knit, and if you were not part of the in crowd, you didn't get into the Rock Hall of Fame. Uh, that's what happened to Rush for decades, for example. Uh, and now uh, Wenner's kind of retired, and they're they're going full on inclusive. So uh, uh, it's going to be a different set of inductees. Like, it won't be just sort of the in crowd anymore, which I think is a good thing. I want to just, I don't know if we're going to close with this or not, but I, I wanted to just hit on some political uh, topics. One of them being, and I had messaged you over the weekend, this whole, well, I don't know how much of an uproar it was or if it was just the left getting all their, getting their shorts and bunches and Evan Solomon getting crazy about Aaron O'Toole, who received a beer uh, 
from his wife after a run. He posted on Twitter, thanks to my wife, who got me a, a cold beverage after my run. And, of course, Twitter exploded with, you know, what is this, the 50s or 60s yeah. or something? Yeah. Like. Yeah. And then I noticed, which I thought was kind of funny, but kind of lame that they even responded, was Aaron brought his wife a glass of wine after he did his another <laughs> run. Did you see that post? No, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, so it's him giving a, a, a glass of wine. He's like, oh, I was happy to give my wife a drink after my run this morning or something. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh. But anyway, what, like, personally, the media side of me says Evan, Evan Solomon did what, exactly what he's trying to do. He got a bunch of clicks, a bunch of discussion going. He's got something to talk about on his show, so it makes himself relevant for, I guess, a couple hours. But, I mean, what, like... It, there's no chance. Well, I guess maybe there is, but I don't understand how anyone could actually get upset about that. Like that was just a nothing tweet, nothing. No. So is that, if this is what we're reduced to, then I can guarantee one thing. uh, The conservatives are screwed in the next election. If that's, but there there was good reaction. And uh, I think mostly it was positive for Aaron O'Toole. And I think that was the most viewed, um, tweet uh, he's ever had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it kind of worked in his favor as well, and it kind of it humanized him. And obviously, he's got a great relationship with his wife Rebecca and their family, so uh, he got to highlight that. But uh, yeah, I know it's like it's all clickbait stuff. It's all you know. How many eyeballs can you get on my social media post? This is what I'm talking about. The reaction to it, uh, and Evan Solomon's reaction to it. So that's what it is. But you know what, though, Tony, and I get that. Social media has obviously pulled back the curtain a lot. And I get that, you know, if you're not visible or if you're not active on social media, you can get slammed for that. But I honestly look at a tweet like that, and I don't know, maybe I'm just getting jaded by stuff, but like, I don't even care. Like, why? I don't even, why don't you like humanizing yourself? Okay. But if it takes a tweet to humanize you, like, I don't even care that he got a drink from his wife. No, like, it's and I'm, a, I'm a conservative voter. I'm just like, I, I'm just so tired of all this stuff. No, it used to be the way you did that, uh, and either consciously or unconsciously. I'm not saying it was all. Yeah, this you, is too forced. This is but too forced the now. The way you do it is you go about your business, and somebody, a third party, would, yes. would, would take a, a photo of you getting a beer. Oh, I just saw Rebecca give a beer to Aaron, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it was like a surreptitious photo. And then that would go viral, right? Because yeah. that would be more authentic. But of course, we don't have the we don't have the ability to do that now because we're all locked down. So I guess they have. Yeah, to- I just, it's just I just visualize. And again, I I mean I hate to I mean because all parties do it, but I'm just using this as an example. Like in my mind, it's like uh, don't forget you know the war rooms. Like don't forget, Aaron, we got that beer tweet coming up in uh, 40 minutes. So places, oh, everyone, places. <laughs> but you know Justin Trudeau, who would have his uh, staff photographer. Yes, uh, I, know, I, uh, I, I be I with agree. him as he's jogging and then encounter uh, a, a wedding photo shoot. You remember all that stuff? And then the, the, the... oh, that was those were lame. The only one I will I actually liked that he did was when he I showed uh, him going trick or treating with his kids because I thought yeah. that was actually that was pretty. Cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I don't care if Aaron O'Toole gets a beer after a run. I don't even care that he went for a run. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know it's, but that's, 
you know, you got to show all sides and uh, you've got to be more than a cardboard cutout because if you yeah. leave, he's trying to define himself so that the, True. Liberal, won't defi- the liberal war room wants to define him and <laughs> uh, the liberal media want to define him. So if he doesn't do that stuff, they're going to define him. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 true. It's just I'm I'll say one thing. I'm glad that I'm not involved in federal politics at this point. Of course, I'm not going to ever say never that there won't be a return. But I I just have no desire to be involved in that stuff. But we're involved point. through loony politics, Jody. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Looney Politics. That's a good segue. Don't forget that you can get exclusive content by going to looneypolitics.com. Use the code podcast and subscribe. You'll save 50 percent on an annual subscription right out of the gate. So that's an amazing savings. And in addition to videos, access to articles, and podcasts like this one, but here's the kicker, it's an exclusive podcast. The content that you hear on Looney Politics from myself and Tony will not be heard anywhere else, unless some kids figure out how to pirate it and they spread it out on the internet, I guess. But the reality is, is you won't be able to get it unless you subscribe. So. Go to looneypolitics.com, and the code is PODCAST. There. Yeah, and Exciting. let's uh, thank our other sponsors, municipalsolutions.ca, John Mutton and the gang, uh, Chris and the gang at polytrack.com, and uh, Ted Boyd and the gang at Magnify for the Magnify video widget at magnifywithanI.io. Yeah, so we are so appreciative of all our sponsors again. And another thing, podcast.ca is the website. You can find all the links, uh, past shows. We archive our shows there so you can check them out. And don't forget to subscribe and download. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, and go out for a run, tweet a picture, have your (laughs) wife or significant other, your husband or your partner, whatever, bring you a drink and let us know. And uh, yeah. We haven't been trolled on Twitter lately, have we? I know. It's been very quiet. Uh, Garrettson has other fish to fry, I think. <laughs> it's Garrettson. I was trying to... Who did I troll the other day? Somebody uh, somebody posted something. I get into these little habits of like just seeing stupid tweets, and I just like, oh, my gosh. Who's, uh, I can't remember who it was, though. It's a, it's so, a never-ending feast. Oh, yeah. It never, it never stops. You get trolled more than I do, though, for sure. Uh, absolutely. But <laughs> never feed the trolls. Never feed the trolls. All right, Tony, enjoy the rest of your week. You bet. We'll see you next week.